Welcome to State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Our guests today are Derek Hamblin and Brandon McGee from Rocky Horror Show, coming to the Marion Cultural and Civic Center this weekend, October 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. and midnight. Listen as we discuss the origin of the Rocky Horror Show, why it's become such a hit in the region, and what turned it into a phenomena with a huge cult following. Brandon, Derek, thanks for joining us today. Um, We are kicking into what is Rocky Horror Weekend here at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. It has become an ongoing phenomenon here in Marion um, for 11 years now uh, with 10 productions. Missed a year due to COVID, of course, but uh, let's start out with the basics. Uh, Derek, what what is your... Uh, role with the show, uh, both on stage and off stage this year. Off stage, I am directing the show. Um, I've been a part of the Skyline Creek Productions tradition of Rocky since the beginning. A nineteen or not nineteen, two thousand thirteen, twelve, thirteen. Two thousand twelve. The math says two thousand eleven. I think it's eleven. <sighs> it's been so long. Do we need now. to start over? <laughs> <laughs> is it no, I think this is great. <laughs> it's, it's been so long and everything runs. I mean, it's after, I mean, it's Dude, it's 2011. Oh, yeah. it's 2011. My bad. Um, but I've been a, I've been a part of the the whole production since then. Um, I'm the, the director and the music director for this year, and I'm also playing Riff Raff. This will be my sixth year doing that role. Yeah. And you've been involved with it every year. Every year, music directing, directing. I've done everything since the like. Not at, at one point, I've done everything throughout the entire process of this legacy of the show. And Brandon, you're back in the production again this year. Um, mm-hmm. What is your role within the production? Uh, so this year, I'm playing Frankenfurter. This is my fifth time playing Frankenfurter. I've played Brad two times in the past, and the first year I ran sound, um, and then I have only not been a part of it one year. So. Pretty much, yeah. And you're also a lighting designer for the show this year as well. I am, yeah. Um, so both of you are, are playing roles both on stage and off stage. Um, Brandon, you're also set designer in construction this year as well. Yes, yes. I've helped out with that almost every year, I think, um, but kind of taken the reins on it the last couple of years. And we did a last year, we decided to do a, a complete redesign of the set and um, just made it a little more functional and you know, easy to, to kind of reuse from year to year if we wanted to or adapt however we need it to. So, yeah, we it's been a been working out, working out pretty good for us. So, all right, so let's let's look at it from the from the lowest entry point. What is Rocky Horror Show? <laughs> it's a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> so, Rocky Horror uh, is based off of a musical written by Richard O'Brien. Um, he wanted to write something based off of kind of the B, B movies B-sci-fi. that you see from, you know, the 19, you know, uh, 30s to the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, so he decided to write Rocky Horror and he starred in the show as, mm. as riffraff. Riff Raff. And so then based off of the musical, um, most people don't know that the movie is actually based off of the musical and mm. not, it's not vice versa. So, and where did that musical start? 
well, they, I, they, it was a tiny little you know hole in the wall theater in London um, that they just kind of put it together and it became yeah, a huge it became like a huge cult, huge cult, cult following. following. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right. yeah, and then from there they they made a movie, and then you know Glee did a version of their thing, and then there was a new you know remake of the the movie recently, and a live TV special, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of ballooned. So what would you uh, what, what's the basic plot, the basic story? You said it's a B movie, you know, it's a, it's a take on a B movie. B movies were the, the movies that played in addition to the premiere movie in drive-in theaters for double features. Um, and they were, you know, these low budget campy horror films. Camp, yeah. <laughs> uh, G sci-fi, I mean. And so the yeah. the nature of the storyline very much takes off of that in in the campiness and in the uh, in the cheesiness of some of the lines and the characters and and that. But what is the basic story? Uh, so you've got a young couple, uh, Brad and Janet, who have gone to a wedding and they're on their way home and they're driving and they they get a flat tire in their car. And so they got to figure out, you know, how they're going to figure, you know, fix that tire. So they they stumble upon this giant castle um, and ask for help. And they happen to arrive on a Another night where they're celebrating night. their yearly like occasion, as they call occasion. it. Occasion. <laughs> Um, where, you know, the, the master of the castle has come up with another one of his creations, which is, you know, um, a, a man that he, you know, this perfect man that is, in his mind, he's, you it's know, gonna be his, um, his partner. Right. Um, and so he comes up with this, this, this creation and they, these couple kind of stumbles in the middle of it and they meet all these other characters and then you find out, you know, they're aliens and they're from another planet and this whole thing. And. So Brad and Janet, I mean, their lives are like completely changed from this one night when they stumble upon this, you know, this castle party that they're having, and it's so it's very much a culture shock for those two yes. characters. Mm-hmm. They're they're dropped into a different world that they've never experienced or even conceived of before, right? Uh, and a completely different life and lifestyle that they've never conceived of before, and and like you said, it's transformative for their characters. Um. What are some of the characters in the show, and what are some of the aspects of some of those characters in the show? Um, well, you've got you know Brad and Janet that I just talked about. They're the young couple that comes in. Uh, They're like the innocence that starts right. the show, and you see, I guess, kind of like the 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 urges, the, the things that are inside people that they maybe mask, and they do come out. And it's kind of like throughout the course of the night, they change into another type of person by the end of the show, but they're like the innocence characters that go through this change. And then at the end they're left with who they became. Um, and then you've got a uh, Dr. Frankenfurter who I play, who is kind of the master of the castle, um, kind of scientist. the, kind of the Frankenstein, uh, you know, of, of the show creating all the Dr. Frankenstein mm-hmm. of the show, not right. the Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Of the right. Show. right. 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 Um, and then you've got Riff Raff who, Derek servants, plays, yeah, yeah. Frankenfurter's uh, servants, Riffraff, Magenta, um, Columbia, who actually isn't a servant technically. She's kind of stumbled in at one point too, I think, and just kind of became a part of it all. I um, sometimes think that that she's maybe one of his creations. At yeah, one point. I think she is. I think she's one of his creations. She create guys. There's that jealousy that she has. Um, now, here's my 
my question with that is she literally a physical creation of his or is she someone who he's molded her personality into being part of it? I, I guess uh, it's I could be either, I guess the way I mean you, my I mean. my my view on it is with with uh his first attempt at a creation uh who comes back in the show mm-hmm. in in the form of Eddie. Mm-hmm. He is he's pretty rough on uh, it, kind of a failed attempt at uh-huh. a creation. First time, right. Yeah. Well, but he wasn't even a creation. No, he stumbled. He came to the castle. That's what mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to say. He came to the castle as a delivery boy, and then I assume Frank tried to turn him into Nabbed whatever him. he could. Nabbed him. But Columbia was already there because she knew about Eddie, so mm-hmm. I, that's what makes me think that Columbia was one of his creations initially. Could be. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's Or maybe she was worth just diving another into one. More. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was just one that stumbled along, too, and just kind of wanted to be a roadie. And she so we need out. to cre- we need to create a uh, a Columbia origin story. Yeah, oh, I think we should. Let's, that, that's let's write new, it. That's the, that's the new Netflix yep. series, <laughs> Columbia <laughs> origins. <laughs> so you've got Columbia, Magenta, Riff Raff, Doctor Frankfurter. <laughs> uh, who else do we see as part of this? Oh, we got Rocky Horror. He's the mm-hmm. creation. He's the creation. Uh, blonde hair, you know, blonde pretty, pretty muscle time. guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. gold shorts. Um, so not what you would think of as Frankenstein's monster. Monster. No. It's like the actual, like refined, like yeah, yeah, optimal version of Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Glisten and gleam. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Eddie, who is the, one of the original creations. You've got Doctor Scott, who is Eddie's uncle, who mm-hmm. Brad and Janet know from. The being a science teacher at their high school. And so he stumbles into the whole situation at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a narrator that the criminal narr- criminologist. Narr- yeah. yeah. That narrates the story as they go along. And he's sort of like in and out of the characters. Like he's, un- he's separate, but then he will show up in songs and be a part of that moment. So he's mm-hmm. not necessarily a functional part of the story, but yet he still interacts with the characters anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that Rocky Horror has this cult following. What would you attribute to that cult following? Where do you think that comes from? What do you think people identify with within this story or see an experience or an opportunity to do within this show that makes it such a cult following? Uh, I I think that one of the reasons that this that happened with this is that the time when it was 1975 yeah and 1975 was when that hit the actual stage and i think it was a time in history when people were a lot more free and that it gave them another outlet to go and just be themselves so i, I mean i, I don't want to use the word freaks but i mean i think of the literature freak flag freak flag fly from the Shrek the musical. That's a great song. It was just kind of like be you and celebrate that. And I think that at 1975, when this was on stage, it was one of those moments when people could go to the theater and be themselves and have, and participate in the party. And then it's just continuously represented that to where every year new audiences come and they just love the fun that you're allowed to have while watching this ridiculous story and this music and this fun, this party. It's very different from from other musicals in yeah. that the audience gets to participate in the show. There yeah. are um, there are different over throughout the years. There have been different callbacks or responses that the audience you know 
give or, or make towards what's happening in the movie and on stage. Um, just, I, th- I think it's the only show that I know of that you do that. Yeah. I, I, I really. can't think of any other, other musical that you go so to. What do you, wait a minute. What do you mean the audience is involved? How, how is the audience involved? So basically, um, <laughs> there are different lines throughout the movie or different things that happen that over time, the audience has kind of thought of things or come up with things or created talk things to, to, to the... talk back to the stage. So like uh, whenever um, Dr. Scott enters, uh, Brad says, great, Scott. And then what has adapted over time is that the entire audience throws rolls of toilet paper around because of Scott, Scott toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> So you're telling me that an entire audience full of people TPs the theater. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. pretty much. And is like fully involved, and it's a it's a full party atmosphere at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. whenever uh, Frank Frankenfurter creates Rocky, I mean, the audience is encouraged to wear party hats and have party blowers mm-hmm. and, and that like, kind of thing. And there's a, When the, the car breaks down and they're going to the castle, it's raining, and Janet pulls out newspapers... To put over her head, to, you know, shelter from the rain. The on stage, the entire audience will have newspapers, and they're holding newspapers up, and then there's flashlights, um, and that, that's like, that's like the props that yeah, that's the prop part of it. But there's also vocal things that happen through the entire show that's just evolved. And after I mean, doing this for eleven years, there's still things that we hear we hear every year that are new that we don't know about. There was one the other day in rehearsals. I don't remember, I'm sure. It, I can't remember. I can't remember. Either. It was a Jeffism because Jeff, our stage manager is, he has a Bible of Rocky Horror that he's, he's used every single year and it's got everything written in it. And there's always new ones. And he said one, but anyhow, um, they, the, it's, it's kind of, I guess it's a throwback. So to, are you saying the audience literally yells at the people on yeah, stage? Yeah, yes. Yeah. How do you deal with that as a, as an, as a performer? I mean, that, that has to be slightly unnerving and, and really uh, an opportunity for you to get caught off guard and, and take you out of character. How, how do you stay locked in at that point? It's super challenging as an actor at first, if you know, for the, when you first do the show, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, like we've never, I mean, people normally applaud and, and yell for you, but not necessarily like along with the show. Like it's, you know, so you're used to the applause after musical numbers or scenes or whatever, but it's just getting used to it the first couple times was was really challenging but like Derek said we've heard so many things throughout For some the of years us, that yeah. <laughs> some of us that have done this we kind of know where they're going to happen so it doesn't necessarily catch us off guard it usually happens one one time every year when we're on stage and we're like we got this we know what we're doing and then someone says something that we we've have never, never heard. heard before <laughs> and we like they've been doing this forever, have a moment of like, ooh, that was really funny. <laughs> and we have to keep it together. But like the new ones, the people that have done this one year or two, they're still, they they have it harder because they have to focus more. Yeah. Because it still is funny. And, it, and you can hear the same line over and over and over again in the callback, but it is different every time. But the, the way they say it, the, this, the reaction on the stage. Timing the, it, timing, the timing of it. The timing, yeah. It's so it sounds like the audience is almost a character and a dialogue all its own that completely adds a completely mm-hmm. different layer to the theatrical experience. It almost makes it fully immersive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, things are happening with props and toilet paper and confetti and party blowers and it makes me it makes it makes me think of like I've done it before in my high school years like going to the movies on a Sunday 
and what a morning movie, a theater movie, and what going and, and seeing a show and no one's in the theater. I was the only person, or me and my friend was the only, only person that bought a ticket, and we were just yelling and through and talking back to the to the movie the entire time. It's kind of it's that. It's like we there, we are their movie, we're their picture show. Um, if you see the movie, there's a difference. There's the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is the movie, but the actual show that we do in the production that's live theater is called Rocky Horror Show. So all of this can happen. There, there's a phenomenon that is all of this interaction happening with uh, a film being played, and and a and a shadow cast, if you will, that's loosely acting it out and being a part of it in front of that film and then the audience reacting with that. But then there's what you guys do, mm-hmm. which is taking that to a completely different level mm-hmm. and doing a full Broadway style musical theater show. Right. Yes. With all that audience interaction. And there for a while, um the there for a while the uh the movie with the shadow cast, which is actors performing mm-hmm. basically in front of the movie. In front yeah. of the movie. There for a while that was what was most popular and that, what was what was that's happening. But, all I ever knew. Right. Like I never knew of I knew of the show. I this is like my I didn't I I didn't even watch the the movie all the way through until the first year that we did this. I've always tried to watch the movie with friends in college and stuff, and I was just like, eh, okay, this is weird. I don't know what I'm watching. But that I only knew that I didn't really know the stage version, um, and and, this, and I only I always knew that there were like shadow cast happening, and then this happened. Yeah. And and the more the like more recently, like I've seen on social media and I've seen all over the place that people are starting to do the musical version more, and mm-hmm. it's starting to gain you know momentum and and steam. And I don't know if that's a, you know attributed to the newer versions that's come out with like Glee and 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 the new you know live TV special and that kind of thing where people are seeing it more but yeah the musical is really starting to like be produced more so I I find it so telling to the story itself that you who is somebody who's been in it for so long now never really made it through the film because of how weird the story was in the film. I, I think at that well, for me personally, at that time in my life, it was just one of the I. There were th- I've changed my musical taste has changed since then. So it was just one of those where I was just like, I don't get it. But that you know that was when I was in college, and I, I I didn't even like the musical Rent in college. I couldn't listen to it, but it is one of my favorite musicals now. It, so I mean, it was one of those situations where in college it was just one of those shows where I was trying to watch it. And my friends were loving it every minute of it, and I was just like, Why don't we just watch Joseph? Like that was that was one of my it was one of my favorite college shows at that time. But like it, it, it it's changed, it, you know, and it is it's it. I, color me weird. I don't, know. I don't know. So we we've talked about it having a cult following, but it's also weird that you guys have been in and connected to this show for eleven years now. That's pretty outside the box and atypical. So what draws you guys into the show and what draws you guys into coming back to this performance and back to this production year after year? I got to be honest. The first year I did, I had no idea what I was getting into when that was the year I ran sound. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just crazy. And after watching it and seeing it so many times during rehearsals and performances and, and seeing the crowd and all that, um, I, I wanted to be in it the next year. So I auditioned and I was Brad the two years after that. And I just had so much fun that I was just like, well, I mean, this is a totally different experience than what I've ever done theater-wise, so why not, you know, keep going? I mean, it's, if it's fun, why stop? 
so I auditioned the next year and got Frank and played Frank a few years in a row and then, you know, took a year off and then, you know, COVID happened and last year I ran lights for the show and design lighting and then here I am, the 10-year, you know, alumni cast that we're doing back in the show as Frankenfurter and... So let's talk about that. It's because this is the 10th year of production of it. Mm-hmm. What is special about this year from a casting standpoint? Um, we wanted to do, since it was our 10th show, of course, COVID being thrown in there where there was a year that we missed and we were, we did a show last year, but it was our ninth production. This is our actual 10 years on this stage. Um, we did some, during COVID, we did some, Derek created some kind of mm-hmm. filler videos that had, you know, he, he brought together some of the it's cast like members pictures, to sing yeah. and, um, we, you know, we created the music with slideshows and, and videos and that kind of thing just to fill the, the void. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really consider that to be like the on, an onstage show. So this is like the official 10 year onstage, yeah. you know, production. But, and with that, we wanted to do something special. Um, and with the producers wanting to, they had been talking about doing this, wanting to do something like a, 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 a reunion cast, if you want to say something like that from a couple of years. And so we were like, well, 10 years, why don't do it now? And so we decided, you know, that we'll, we'll do this all-star cast, not all-star cast, an alumni cast. And, um, Basically, we invited anyone in the area that had been in the show previously that that was still because we've had people move away um, different places in the world now. And so we asked everyone that was local if they would like to be a part of it. And we compiled our cast that way and started rehearsals. And it's just it's been different. And we have people (laughs) from every single every single year on the show. So you're. So anyone that's coming that's come before, everyone on that stage is somebody that's been on that stage in this production before. Mm -hmm. Correct. So no new cast members, no brand new cast members at least. Mm -mm. And so it's everybody that's familiar with the show, that's been in the show, that are seasoned performers to the show, that's used to Mm -hmm. the audience reactions and everything else. Um, And so that's a pretty special thing that you've got this group of people who have this communal connection to each other through this Skyline Creek Productions production of Rocky Horror mm-hmm. that all comes together as a reunion cast. That's pretty amazing. The whole process has been amazing. It's been so much fun. We've had rehearsals have been, I mean, they've just been so much fun with all these, you know. We've had people. fewer rehearsals. Yeah. But it, it's been, I the word weird, but like we... I can say something and everyone's like, yep. No, I can say like one sentence and everyone knows exactly what I'm referring to. You know, it, we all, all we had to do was just refresh, learn some new choreography. Everything else was there. We know how the show goes. We know what's happening, what has to go where. Cause usually there's, you know, like the moving of the sets and the bringing on stuff. And it, this year it's just been like, Jeff is like you, you, and you, you're bringing this on at blah, blah, blah. And then it happens. There's no, it, the rehearsal process has been so easy and at the same time, like we found this week that we've been adding little new nuances to our characters and adding some new little things here and there that honestly have I've lost it a couple times last on stage. Night. Last night, um, <laughs> we we we've had some fun and and because we've been able to, we haven't been able, we haven't been stressed about what you know learning lines really or or learning blocking or what we needed to do on stage because mm-hmm. we've we've done it before. So we're able to add those extra layers of character and extra layers of you know. Uh, fun to so the, the to the show. The room that's being added within the 
within the rehearsal process, even with fewer rehearsals, because everyone knows it and everyone knows the show already and they're just kind of refreshing back into it. Mm -hmm. It's allowed you all to develop further and add more depth, which is going to add more richness to the show overall. Um, I'm really excited to see this. It's it's been so much fun this week. This week we've I mean we've only had two dress rehearsals this week, you know Monday and Tuesday, and it's it's just been it's been crazy fun. Just the new things that we've been adding in and, and playing around with, and we've been able to I mean because because we're using the same set design, you know I, I I was able to also take kind of the lighting show from last year and kind of adapt it to this year's you know show and add some new stuff to it as well and and that's kind of taken a little bit of level of stress off because we've been able to rehearse with lights from the very beginning so it's just like costumes costumes and, and some some of the stuff has been reused but i know for like for the most part of the principles we've maybe had to do like just a couple new things just as size wise but everybody else is just like yep got it in my closet from the last just time, adapting you know. to that COVID yeah way. that we've yeah. i'll bring it out of my closet he had a, i literally he had have a, bag. a duffel bag yeah. that has frankenfurter in it at home <laughs> that i unpacked and brought into the yeah. theater and i had a I riffraff mean. zip up thingy that hangs yeah it's it's so it's, it's a completely different experience from other productions not that the other ones were bad it's just this has just been just cake, a lot easier cake. and yeah just a lot of fun it's been easier <laughs> so one thing that that I've noticed um, from the theater's perspective is that it constantly has new and young people coming to it. What do you think is the draw for the younger crowd who have no idea what it is that have never been to it before to come year after year? Cause it's always all these upper high school and early college kids that are coming to, to see this show um, in addition to you know diehards that are here every year, and right. then and then people that have all have known it because it's been a cult phenomenon since the late seventies. But what do you what do you attribute something that's lasted this long to continually have a new, fresh, young following year after year after year? I think it's um, it's word of mouth that's that's getting to the younger generation. I think that. You know, they're hearing about how much fun it is and how it's not your typical theater show where you go sit and you listen to, you know, a musical or whatever that you can, you get to interact, you get to have fun and dance and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it is really true that we see year after year after year more and more and more new people coming to the show. And I, I just, I really think that it's, it's just a word of mouth kind of thing. It's just, just passing it down the line the of best party in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I and the young the younger people are the people who you know who come in you know the night of the show and purchase their tickets and and they're the ones that you know they walk in they don't necessarily purchase their tickets in advance like a lot of the older you know the older crowd do well, we, it's Rocky Horror yeah we know that we knew that from back when we were you know in our teenage and and younger college years but this crowd is just like yeah let's go we've heard all about it it's a lot of fun and and we want to be a part of that so awesome yeah. Well, thank you both for taking some time out of your day during this crazy production week <laughs> uh, to sit down with me today. I'm so excited to to have it back again this year and for it to be a phenomenon in Marion, in Southern Illinois, year after year after year. And the following and the crowds just continue to come over and over and over again. So thank you for both being a part of that and creating this legacy of Rocky Horror as it has been because you've both been involved in the beginning. So thank you for all of your involvement in that. And thanks for sitting down with me today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
you for joining us for State of the Art Southern Illinois, a podcast by the Marion Cultural and Civic Center, featuring local artists, artisans, musicians, arts organizations, and arts events in Southern Illinois, as well as touring artists coming to the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. Special thanks to Brandon and Derek for their time speaking with us today. Don't miss your opportunity to see them on stage this weekend in Rocky Horror Show here at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center, October 28th and 29th at 7 p.m., and again at midnight. Join us every Thursday morning for a new episode on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever audio podcast service you prefer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.